This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. Mutations in the BRCA genes can lead to high risk for breast and ovarian cancer in women. About 2.5% of Ashkenazi Jewish women have been found to carry these mutations, which is higher than the rate these mutations occur in the general non-Ashkenazi public. Efrat Levi-Lahad is the director of the Medical Genetics Institute at the Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Israel. You know, I'm a practicing medical geneticist, and I kept encountering these situations where I would see in clinic young women with breast or ovarian cancer who would turn out to have BRCA1 and BRCA2 mutations of the type that are common in Ashkenazi Jews. And I would look at their family history, and prior to their becoming affected, you know, there wasn't really a significant family history. And so they only got tested basically after they became ill. And that got me to thinking about, you know, since we have these common mutations that they're very simple and inexpensive to test, shouldn't we really be looking at, um, you know, testing the entire population to find out who's at risk, irrespective of their family history? Dr. Levi Lahad says that data shows that even if these women carrying the mutations don't have family history of disease, they're still at elevated risk of breast and ovarian cancer. At that point, I felt that, you know, medically, scientifically, there was enough evidence to do population screening in Ashkenazi Jews. But then the question becomes, how do you actually perform that? Dr. Levi Lahad is one of the authors of two studies in the journal Genetics and Medicine. For the first one, they set up a trial of a population screening for Ashkenazi Jewish women in Israel to better understand how such a screening might work more broadly. Women either self-referred or they were recruited for mammography centers or medical clinics. Overall, 1,771 women participated. The mean age of self-referral was 48, while the mean age of those recruited was 54. What we found was that the, the people who were self-referred tended to be younger and um, they also tended to have more family history. But among those who are recruiter enrolled, you can see how many actually took the test of those that had the test offered to them. And there we saw that uptake was about uh, 67%, so about two-thirds of people offered the test actually had it. To the scientists' surprise, they found that uptake was higher at a medical center than at a mammography center. Of the more than 1,700 women tested, they found 32 with a mutation. That's 1.8% of the total. And of those, 40% had no family history of the disease. Counseling was available for the women, particularly after the screening, though all received information about the results of a positive test. And the women responded to a questionnaire about the experience. The team also conducted in-depth interviews with 36 participants, 26 of whom screened positive for the mutations. Overall, Dr. Levi Lahad says they learned a number of things from the screening and from the follow-up interviews. Many respondents say they preferred not to receive extensive counseling beyond basic information before the exam. The way I see it now is that probably if we want to invest our counseling resources wisely, probably post-testing is a good place, is a better place to invest it because then you're investing it in people who actually need this information at a time when it's relevant for them, and, and then they're much more receptive than, than beforehand. Another point Dr. Levi Lahad makes from the study is that the women, at about 48 to 54, are older than the women they'd like to reach. Among the uh, recruiter um, enrolled, the main age was 54, and those that were self-referred were 48. And, and that's an important point because in terms of prevention, we would really like to catch carriers before they're 40. Um, and probably by their mid-30s would be ideal. And so whatever we were doing is not really getting these women. 
And one of our conclusions is that we have to think about strategies of how do we target younger women. This is a complex question for a number of reasons. First, younger women are not going to the doctor as regularly as older women. But also, the surgical preventative measures could have an impact on other aspects of their health, such as their fertility. Generally, one major takeaway for Dr. Levi Lahad is that the majority of the participants were satisfied with the screening. She says they didn't see any significant psychosocial downside to the screening process. But, she says, this could be affected by the fact that a third of the people given the opportunity turned down screening. I will caution, however, you know, these are people who decided to participate. So you could say they had, you know, they might have had a positive outlook to begin with. But I would say, you know, nobody's thinking of of doing coercive screening. So at least people who are interested in screening, if we know that their experiences are going to be positive, I think that gives us good grounding going forward. She agrees that the third who refused, that's an important statistic. So in a way, we were gratified by this one third, you know, of non-responders in the sense that we think that people really had a, had a choice and they, and they actually exercised it. Some of the respondents to the in-depth interview made it clear they thought the tests should not be mandatory. And the other concern that they had, which I think is a, you know, is a very real concern, is if you're going to be testing large amount numbers of people and you're going to be uh, identifying large numbers of, of carriers who are at risk, you better have the services available to take care of them after you identify them. This could be more of an issue in countries that, unlike Israel, don't have socialized medicine. Dr. Levi Lahad has one overall conclusion about the pair of studies. She says that, at least to her, It is certainly time to offer open access BRCA testing to all Ashkenazi women, and I think that should be a routine test. And I think doing it with, you know, with limited pretest counseling and, and putting the emphasis on post-test counseling, I think that's a conclusion that we can uh, validly say we've, uh, we've reached. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.